Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hey, listeners, it's Trish Hammond here from Transforming Bodies podcast. And today I am so excited, I'm almost shaking here, to be speaking to Dr. Arthur Swift from Arthur Swift Plastic Surgery in... Montreal, Canada. I didn't really? know it was Canada. Yes, it oh, is. There you go. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for well, joining us today. Commonwealth. We're just neighbours, I guess, yeah, but exactly. quite a bit of water we between just, us. We just speak different. <laughs> Something like that. Exactly. Well, look, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. So, look, I've just watched you doing some live injecting at this Aesthetics 2019 conference, the inaugural right. conference of Stephen Lewis. Yes. And I know that you love using the Prithens range of products. And I, thought I do. It'd be great to have a little bit of a rundown of the different types. Well, I think what, what you, you have, yeah. Well, so. what you have available over here is three different types of products for Princess. You have Princess Pure, you have uh, Princess Filler, and Princess Volume. For the volume, it's a volumizer. <clears throat> I hate to use that word, but it's really a structural product. It will contour out your cheeks. I use it for cheeks, chin, jawline. It's a beautiful product for that. And filler is more of a finer use product. And that's a product that would be used for nasolabial folds, lips, for contouring even some of the nose areas, and even around the eyes. Products are really beautiful products. They, they come from a very highly um, investigated, pure scientific background of, of getting the HA properly purified. There's no prions in it. The, the company, I went to visit them in Vienna. They have an amazing, amazing facility. I think it's the state-of-the-art facility in the world. It's really unbelievable and how they can produce the product. And it's performed very well in my practice. It's a product that I find is reliable. It's consistent. I'm not seeing any of these late inflammatory reactions that might happen with some of the more robust products. And it, it just flows beautifully. It has the rheology of a product that you love that you can push through a 30-gauge syringe without really killing your hand when you do it. Mm-hmm. So, Because for me, as a consumer, like a filler is a filler. Like, But Correct. there's obviously different types of fillers for yeah. different parts. There's, not a, there's really not a bad filler on the market. Yeah. I mean, these products are pretty much vetted out and verified before they hit the market. Mm-hmm. They just have different personalities. Mm-hmm. So it's like your children. You have some, product, some children that, for example, want to run around the room and mm-hmm. some that are very quiet. Mm-hmm. And you have some fillers that are more robust and some that are a little quieter. Mm-hmm. So the problem has been, at least we feel, is you know the key opinion leaders that look at the complications that are happening with these fillers, we feel that some of these issues are occurring because everybody's injecting the product the same way. You can't inject every product the same way. Some products belong on bones, some products you have to use a cannula, some products you have to use a needle. So understanding the science behind the product allows you to use less product and in a more efficient manner so it makes it more economical for the patient. With Princess, I find that it's a very versatile product. So I'm able to sort of spread it around the face the way that I want to use it. Instead of ending up having to use 10 syringes or 8 syringes, I very commonly use no more than 3 or 4. And so as a, like, for someone going to have fillers, like, is there an age that you should start or is there a, or or do you just like, hey, I'm not happy with, you know, this here or, like, can I just rock up at your clinic and say, hey, I just want to look better and you can guide me along (laughs) the way? Is that what a good injector does? Well, yeah, a good injector tries to keep it looking very natural. I tell my patients, I don't want to make you look different. I just want to make you look a better version of who you are. I mean, you have to understand there's limitations to what we can do. And just because you have a hammer, not everything's a nail. So some patients come in who really aren't candidates for filler. There may be more candidates for surgical redraping of their skin. But most people, as they, as we age, and I hate that word, as we mature, mm-hmm. we lose the fat content in our cheeks and things start to sag as the balloon deflates. So it makes sense to revolumize or to put volume back in. It's not inflation, it's reflation. 
The problem is, is that a lot of people think that they can put product in the face and keep on expanding the face until the lines disappear. You can't do that. You can't fill a tire until there's no tread left. What you have to do is use these fillers in a judicious way, okay, but in certainly not excessive way, to recontour the face, to bring out the beautiful proportion of the face. And then if you have lines left over, you have to do something else. Either use a thinner filler to chase the lines, or you go ahead and do laser treatment or any other type of treatments that you can. But you can't treat everything with one type of filler. So that's why these companies have portfolios of fillers. It's kind of painting with a big brush and painting with a thin brush. Makes so much sense. And one thing I did notice, when you were doing the live in, um, live demonstration on the lady who was from the Middle East, Correct. I noticed because like, a lot of people complain about the hollow in their eyes and right. people think, oh, it's about injecting filler in there. And you didn't do that at all. Yeah, in her case, it was a specific reason why I didn't do it. She had had filler put into around her eyes around a year, year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And the, the filler around the eyes for the tear trough is the easiest area to do poorly. Because the skin is so thin, if you don't use the right product, and if you're a little heavy-handed, you're going to see lumps and bumps under there. Also, these products love to absorb water, and people sometimes go ahead and treat the under-eye area to perfection, and then the patient will come back a year later and it looks too swollen because that product has taken a drink of water somewhere during that year. So I classically tell doctors when they're treating these areas to under-treat those areas. They're better off leaving it wanting a little bit and let the filler do its own work. It'll drink its way up again. In her case, she had an excess of product there, and I felt that she probably would have been best served by having that melted down. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to add in extra filler on top of that. The lymphatics were already being stressed and trying to drain whatever fluid that original filler had pulled in, and to add more filler would have made her situation worse. So in her specific situation, I backed off. But normally... That area that you're talking about is an area that I love to treat because that takes away the tired look. It's the same reason why we do blepharoplasty or eyelid surgery. It's not to rejuvenate the patient, but it's to make them look less tired, to look more awake. Are you looking at me when you say that? You look beautiful. <laughs> I'm looking at your beautiful yeah, proportions yeah, yeah, yeah. on your face. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, I've got to say, I've been totally blown away by... Uh, actually, I'll say something else first. So it's really important for patients to actually find someone who really knows what they're doing sure. rather than just rocking up somewhere and I'm going to have filler because I want to sure. fix up my eyes. Yeah, I've always said that. I mean, it's interesting. When I remember when I started in practice quite a few years ago, that I had, we had little brochures that we used to give to the patients. You don't do that anymore. Everybody's on social media. But one of the statements I said was, examine your plastic surgeon before he examines you. So you want to make sure that the person that you're dealing with has the experience, board certified to do whatever they want to do. Everybody's getting into this injection game. It goes from, depending on where you are in the world, there's nurses, there's, nurse, there's physician extenders, there's dentists, there's plastic surgeons, dermatologists, general practitioners, pure aesthetic physicians. Everybody's getting into this because it's very lucrative. Mm -hmm. But what you want to ask of your physician or whoever it is that's going to be injecting is, how long have you been doing this? Have you had any problems or complications? And what, tell me what your aesthetic goals are with my face. You have to be on the same page. Because having, you know, like you say, walking into somebody's office and saying, I want to look beautiful, that's like saying, you know, I want to, I want to have a beautiful face. Well, a Mercedes is a beautiful car and a Porsche is a beautiful car, but they look completely different. So you must make sure that you really are on the same page as, as your treating physician. You're right, and they still look like you. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I like say, yourself. yes. Yeah. You've got to be a better version of who you are, but not a different version. And that's, you know, that's the difficulty in our practice. Mm -hmm. In our specialty, if you do your specialty really, really well, mm -hmm. really well, then nobody can tell that somebody had anything done other than the fact that they look as good as they've ever looked. Yeah.
No, that's so true. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been my pleasure, and thank you for taking the time Love to me. ask the question. And listen, listen there's, um, there's a live that I did with Dr. Swift, just watching him do injectables. So um, if you see the the um, the video shaking, it's because um, I was like so engrossed in what he was doing. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You're very welcome. Awesome. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.